How can I hold that all men are created equal when here before me stands stinking the moral carcass of the gentleman from Ohio? Proof that some men are inferior, endowed by their maker with dim wits, impermeable to reason, with cold, pallid slime in their veins instead of hot red blood. You are more reptile than man, George, so low and flat that the foot of man is incapable of crushing you. How dare you? Yet even you, Pendleton, who should have been gibbeted for treason long before today, even worthless, unworthy you, ought to be treated equally before the law. And so again, sir, and again, and again, and again, I say, I do not hold with equality in all things, only with equality before the law. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I open up with that scene from the movie Lincoln. Trying to illustrate the excitement that we're seeing going on in the in the Congress and uh, how it, how intense it can get. You know, that's a scene from uh, from the Congress in uh, just before the Civil War ended in 1865. What we're seeing play out now, where we've gone through. Uh, 13 votes by the time that I've uh, that I'm recording uh, to elect the speaker. Last time this happened was in 1859, and in 1859 we know what that was right right in front of. That was uh, two years before the Civil War started, and uh, you know, and and I've been predicting that's kind of where we're going if something doesn't change in this country because it's getting so the left is getting so far into socialism and and communism. And, uh, you know, the right, the right isn't standing up and fighting as they should, but us people are left in the balance, us citizens, we're left in the balance, and we all have an opinion. And there's only so far you're going to push us into a corner and we're going to fight back like, uh, like any kind of animal would. Hey, you know, you, you, uh, you corner your dog, uh, trying to corner your dog and they, and they stick their, uh, their tail between their legs and, uh, and, and get down and cower until you push them so far that all they have, all they have left to do is fight and they'll fight and they'll fight till the finish. 
and uh, and I think that's where the the government is pushing us American people. Let's hope that uh, it doesn't go that far, but I kind of see it happening. Um, that song was REM, Losing My Religion, because I think um, as I watch this, I'm not a I'm not a Kevin McCarthy fan at all in any way, shape, or form. I've I've been saying for the last two years. I just don't think he's strong enough. You know, I want someone who's gonna who's gonna fight. I want someone who's gonna who's gonna fight the uh, the Democrats with their own and use their own their own uh, tactics against them. And I don't want you know it's it's frustrating to see the Republicans be so businesslike and let's follow the rules and let's be businesslike and let's not attack uh, the other side. Let's not lower to their level. Hey, you know what? After after they stole the election in 2020, and in my opinion, they stole the election in 2022 as well. Um, they didn't folk. They didn't. They weren't able to steal the election for the House, but probably for a large portion of it, I think we would have had a big red wave. But you know, as long as we have mail-in ballots, there's going to be opportunity to cheat. And I just just think there were so many, so many. Uh, so many uh, races that look like they were going Republican, and then after the the count of all the mail-in votes, so many of them went Democrat. I just don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's uh, I think it's a uh, proof that there was that there was uh, fraud going on in there too. And 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 I say, hey, you know what? In the last two years, why didn't the Republicans do something about this? Why didn't they do something about this and make sure that? that there wasn't mail-in voting. I mean, I know that they don't have as much power as we need, but they should have they should have been able to move the needle in more states than they did. And it's, you know, and, and as I see the Freedom Caucus and, you know, a handful of Republicans standing up for, hey, I don't believe McCarthy's the one, I also, I also come to the conclusion that there's a lot more to the Speaker of the House and certain areas of politics than what I see, and I and I think we saw Trump go through this. Hey, you know what? He's gonna he's gonna run the country the way he wants to, and I think uh, he spent the first two years of his of his term learning that hey, this doesn't work like this, and this doesn't work like this, and you got to do this and got to do that. And they let they let some of the uh, the anti-Trump Republicans uh, slow his momentum down. And uh, it's kind of it's it's sad to see, but our politics are just are just ugly. I think if uh, if we make some big changes going going forward, you might see see it get more more uh, honorable, and you might start seeing some some more honorable people put their hat in the ring for for offices. Um, but uh, things things are changing. We're watching it. We're w- witnessing history. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go over what happened this week and uh, with my opinions thrown in. Uh, but before I do, let me introduce myself. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities on the horizon here. Uh, if you uh, need financing, call me uh, at 951-252-2027. That's 951-252-2027. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet because it's so personal, or you don't want your neighbor at, at work, assuming that you work at work, um, to hear your personal stuff, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo and uh, and 
open up that uh, open up that, put in your information and uh, tell and put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, and you'll hear back from me or one of my talented teammates, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if you want to hear any part of the show repeated or you missed part of it um, because your schedule didn't match the radio, you can stay on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can uh, access this show as well as several past shows. Listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes uh, slash Apple Podcast where you can uh, subscribe for free. And uh, you can, uh, every every Friday I record in the morning, it uploads in the afternoon and it'll download to your device shortly thereafter. And if you have comments on the show, send me an, uh, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. So let's talk about what's going on this week. The exciting stuff going on in the Capitol. The 118th Congress began on Tuesday. Well, kind of. Mired in in chaos, unable to conduct any business because Republicans who blocked the election of Kevin McCarthy as Speaker. Electing a Speaker is the first order of business for every new Congress. Without a Speaker, the House can't vote on legislation, put anyone on a committee, or even swear in the new members. Uh, That means all the members remain representative-elects until a Speaker is elected. This is why... All the members of Congress that you've seen on TV this week say representative-elect or congressman-elect by their names. So technically, we have a vacant House right now. Without a Speaker, the United States House of Representatives essentially becomes a useless entity, which basically it's been for the last two years. Um, well, it's been less than a useless because it's been, it's been a uh, destructive entity. Unless that gets fixed today, which is Friday, there will be no members of Congress going going with Joe Biden to the border next week. And, of course, Joe Biden's first trip to the border, we'd like to have some people on our side to actually uh, say what's going on. Even if all we want them to do is investigate the Russia hoax or Hunter Biden, they can't even do that. And that's all thanks to the so-called rebels who start out as a small group of never-coven Republicans. Now, let's put this in perspective. We have the House. We don't have the Senate. We don't have the Senate. We don't have the White House. So... A lot of the stuff that we want done to pass bills, to undo stuff that Biden did, it's just not going to happen. We're going to pass it. The Senate's going to either not vote on it or they're going to vote it down. And there's a lot of stuff that we're not going to do, that we're not going to do that we'd like to because we only have one of the three three houses, one of the three entities uh, in the legislative branch. We have the House, we don't have the Senate, and we don't have the White House. However... However, what we can do is start all these investigations and get to the truth on on lots of things that we want investigated, stuff that, stuff besides whether Trump uh, started an insurrection on January 6th, but instead, hey, who started the Russia hoax? What are the origins of coronavirus? How did that really start? You know, we, you know the, the way they got Trump out of the White House is to have all mail-in vote, and the only way they could do that was to quarantine our whole country to require it. And I think that's basically the reason that coronavirus started. But let's find out what the uh, initial origins were, which were in China, and who had their hand in that. You know, we remember that uh, uh, Anthony Fauci was was saying stuff that we're gonna have we're gonna have a, a a pandemic in the next year, the year before it happened. So you know, there's there's some mysterious things out there that don't make sense that we need we need uh, checked out including everything on uh, on Hunter Biden's laptop. And that's what we can accomplish 
in this Congress before 2024, when hopefully we take the Senate and the White House back. So who are the Nevin, never Kevin Republicans that are uh, stopping, stopping uh, Kevin McCarthy from getting it? Um, it started out with the Freedom Caucus members, Andy Biggs from Arizona, Matt Gates from Florida, Ralph Norman from South Carolina, Matt Rosendale from Montana, and Bob Good from Virginia. They pledged to vote as a bloc and remain firmly anti-McCarthy. They were joined by Lauren Boebert of Colorado and by Chip Roy and Michael Cloud of Texas, who've been signaling their aversion to McCarthy for months, but wouldn't reveal who they would support until until voting. And of course, now they've both turned those two those two uh, Chip Roy and Michael Cloud uh, by the by the twelfth vote turned and uh, are voting for McCarthy. Four rounds of voting took place throughout the day on Tuesday. The last time electing a House Speaker required more than one round of voting was 1923, exactly 100 years ago. We thought four votes on Tuesday was historic, but by Thursday it was 11 votes. Since Akeem Jeffries of New York is the incoming minority leader, Democrats were united in voting for him and stayed united uh, by voting for him. Remember that. Remember that. Remember that what I say, hey, the one thing I'll give to the Democrats is they get a they get a a battle plan and they stick to it. They all stick together. You know, it's uh, no matter no matter what is right, whatever they think, whatever Nancy Pelosi tells them to do, they all stay stay with. Well, now Nancy Pelosi's not not leading the Democrats. Now Hakeem Jeffries is, and uh, so now whatever he says, they're going to stick to. And I'll give them that much. They and whatever and whatever their differences are, they handle it away from the uh, House floor. So it doesn't make a spectacle. And remember, and now that we've gone uh, gone to uh, eleven, to eleven on Thursday, and now it's thirteen on on Friday. Um, the last time they had this many votes was in uh, nineteen fifty or eighteen fifty nine. As I said earlier, one hundred sixty four years ago, two years before the Civil War started. Okay, so let's go on. Uh, the magic number to get to has been two hundred eighteen. In, in recent history, the House has elected three speakers, Newt Gingrich, John Boehner, and Nancy Pelosi, with fewer votes than 218. However, if all 434 members vote for someone by name, then 218 is the number to get to. And remember, there's 435 members, but one, uh, one Republican in somewhere back east um, died between uh, being elected and the end of November. So now we have 434. Gates and Boebert are already giving press conferences about their intentions before the vote on Tuesday morning. But after the votes, that's when it became clear never Kevin thing was going to be a problem. Should have been clear a little earlier. The vote on uh, on Tuesday went uh, Ke- uh, Hakeem Jeffries, 212, McCarthy, 203, and others, 19. Let's all be aware this whole thing did not come out of nowhere. Hints of this plan have been out there for months. Um, it would seem, this is the question that I have. Why isn't why wasn't Kevin McCarthy on this since November 9th? I mean since November November 9th of uh, 22, it was obvious we were going to have we were going to get the get the uh control of the house. How big of a how big of a uh of a uh advantage we were going to have was still unknown, but he had to know there was this stuff was going on and why wasn't this handled in the last 2 months? So everybody everybody would be united. For, exa- for example, in October, the Freedom Caucus sent out a guidebook to newly elected members that informed them that they were not required to vote for their party's speaker nominee, a.k.a. Kevin McCarthy. So he should have known, they should have known all this stuff was going on. 
Why didn't you guys all get together in a big room and say, hey, what's the problem here? What do we got to do to make this happen? That led to five brand new Republican members who weren't even sworn in yet voting against McCarthy, which, hey, you know what? You're brand new. You don't know. You don't really have any. You have your, your feet wet yet. Um, you haven't been a haven't been a congressperson yet, but now you're voting against against McCarthy. Okay, I can understand that. They're they're also watching. They're also watching the. Uh, uh, they're watching what's going on, and maybe they have an uh, maybe they have an opinion of that. But the five new uh, new uh, rookies that voted against McCarthy were Anna Paulina Luna of Florida, Andy Ogles of Tennessee, Eli Crane of Arizona, Josh Brakeem. Brakeen of Oklahoma and Keith Keith Self of Texas, all of whom, as of vote 12, have uh, voted for uh, McCarthy, except for Eli Crane of Arizona. But at that point, the original Never Kevin members who had been planning this for months were still not united on who they wanted instead of McCarthy. Say, hey, we're going to we're not going to vote for for McCarthy. But who do you have? Who do you have? Do you, you know, have you got somebody who's interested in the job? Have you got somebody that you can try to rally all the people that are still on board for McCarthy, what kind of planning was done? None. At first, Andy Biggs wanted himself to be speaker. That was never going to happen, even though he got 10 votes in the first round. And as we all know, Matt Gates was at first leading the charge for Jim Jordan. I'm nominating Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is humble, perhaps today, humble to a fault. Maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who wants it so bad. Maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who has sold shares of themselves for more than a decade to get it. Well, I can't disagree with Matt Gates. I can't disagree with him because, you know, the the politics of of uh, the politics of politics is ugly out there. And, you know, uh, Kevin McCarthy is probably out there selling shares of himself out there making deals here and there. And uh, and uh, and I I can't completely disagree with him. Then Chip Roy of Texas announced he would shift his support to Jordan. Roy was already not a not a McCarthy supporter. Apparently, he was planning to vote for Byron Donalds of Florida. By now, we all know his name, but we didn't necessarily even know know who he was on Tuesday. At some point, it became clear that Jim Jordan needed to address what was happening. And that's when he motioned on the floor Tuesday afternoon to once again nominate Kevin McCarthy. For what purpose does the gentleman from Ohio seek recognition? I rise to nominate Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, I think we have three objectives this Congress. Three fundamental things we have to get done in the 118th Congress. First, pass the bills that fix the problems. In two years' time, we have, went, we have a border that is no longer a border. We have a military that can't meet its recruitment goals. We have bad energy policy, bad education policy, record spending, record inflation, record debt, and a government that has been weaponized against we the people, against the very people we represent. We need to pass legislation to address all that. And I hope my Democrat colleagues will join me. But I have my doubts. And if they don't, and if Chuck Schumer says, no, we're not going to take up that legislation that we pass, and if Joe Biden won't sign it, so be it. They'll have to, they'll have to answer to the people in 2024. Second, we can never, ever let a bill like the one that passed 12 days ago, $1.7 trillion spent, we can never, ever let that kind of legislation pass again. 
We have to we have to pass a budget that makes sense. That's good common sense. Then do the 12 appropriation bills that that are, that recognize it's the people's money, not ours. But we are not going to have what took place a week and a half ago. We have to do the oversight and the investigations that need to be done. This idea that bureaucrats who never put their name on a ballot but think they run the country, who have assaulted our constituents' First Amendment liberties, they need to be held accountable. To my friends here on this side of the aisle, I would just say this. The differences we may have, the differences between Joyce and Jordan or Biggs and Bacon, they pale in comparison to the differences between us and the left, which now unfortunately controls the other party. So we had better, we had better come together and fight for these key things, these three things. That's, that's what the people want us to do. And I think Kevin McCarthy is the right guy to lead us. I really do, or I wouldn't be standing up here giving this speech. We need to rally around him, come together, and deal with these three things. Because this is what the people sent us here to do. You know what? Jim Jordan would be one of my picks. I love Jim Jordan. Um, and I think he just showed us, showed us, you know, he, by making that speech, he, he showed everybody what a, what a study is, what a, what a clear thinker and what a great leader he is. So then came the second vote. McCarthy still lagged behind Jeffries in the second round, uh, with 212 for Jeffries, 203 for McCarthy. And even after giving that speech, we just heard from Jim Jordan in support of McCarthy, the momentum for Jordan increased to 19 votes. So apparently the uh, apparently some of the people forgot how awesome Jim Jordan is. But remember, if if you've if you've read my book, if you've read my book, I came I come to a conclusion that hey, you know what? Some people are great salesmen, and that doesn't mean they make great branch managers. And I learned and I learned that lesson myself. And uh, and say you know what? Jim Jordan is is awesome at what he does, but he doesn't want to he doesn't want to be Speaker of the House. He wants to be head of the Judiciary Committee or the Oversight Committee because he wants to be in control of what the Congress does this time to try and make things right in this country, try to bring the truth out. And he knows that's that's his place. Uh, which brought us to the third round of voting. Uh, at that point, Jeffries 212, McCarthy 202, and thanks to Byron Donald's abandoning McCarthy, Jordan came in with one, with one more vote and landed at 20. That's really not what Jordan wanted. And at this point, it became clear that recess was necessary. What would be happening during the over, overnight recess was anyone's guess. Some speculated the Republicans would bring forth an entirely new dark horse candidate for speaker, like Steve Scalise, which they eventually did, but it wasn't Steve Scalise. Uh, we all saw this on Wednesday, and reportedly some of the rebels have said they just, they just don't want Scalise either. Others made it clear they expected Jim Jordan to accept his fate in which this small group of rebel Republicans would force him into the speakership. Here's Lowen Bobert of Colorado attempting to do just that. Right now, our candidate is Jim Jordan. This is He is a fighter. He is a leader. Um, he may not want it right now, but George Washington did not want to be president. He did what was right for his country. So do you think and Jim every Jordan time- is the consensus candidate? Right now, he absolutely is. And every time that he speaks up um, to defend Kevin McCarthy, he actually just reaffirms why he would make a great speaker. And if you heard from him that he does not want it in any... Uh, I have heard that from him. And uh, if we have the numbers, then sorry, Jim Jordan, we're going to make you do what's right for the country. We love you. Yeah, well, I don't disagree with her. Um, she should look She should look at the numbers. Uh Kevin McCarthy still has over 200 people that are right behind him. And Jim Jordan said he didn't want it. 
and they should they should probably probably get to that uh that that point where I say where like I said about a month ago on the radio I say you know what this is what I think needs to happen but I don't get to make those decisions so I'm trying to be at at peace with hey uh things aren't going to happen the way I want I'm just going to hope that I can make a difference and steer some other people to the vote in a certain way so anyway I'm going to I'm going to stop there for the first half of uh, the main event cuz I'm out of time so stay tuned for 5 minutes of weather traffic sports and commercials and I'll be right back with lots more of this was just a dream that was just a dream that's me in the corner that's me in the spot like losing my religion trying to keep up with you and I don't know if I can do it Part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio, but if you uh, if you have some real estate and you need some financing, uh, call me at 951-252-2027 or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo to get in touch with me and help you uh, find out find your way financially through your real estate stuff, uh, whether that's to uh, buy a piece of property that you'd like to own whether that be in California or elsewhere, whether that's uh, refinancing a piece of property that you already own, whether that's California or elsewhere, or uh, if you're looking into uh, one of them reverse mortgage things that everybody's talking about to add a little bit more money to your life. If you, you know, some people get to retirement, they go, man, I got, I think I'm going to live a long time, but I don't think my money's going to last a long time. Uh, what options do I have? Call me, 951-252-2027, and I will give you the straight scoop. You know, when you're dealing with this kind of stuff, you want to deal with someone who thinks like you. And uh, if you're listening to my show and you think I think like you, then give me a buzz. All right, so in the first half, we're talking about uh, the chaos that's going on in the uh, in the House of Representatives trying to elect a, a, a Speaker of the House. And where we left off was uh, Lauren Boebert, uh, basically making her little uh, soapbox speech to say, hey, we're going to push Jim Jordan into being the Speaker of the House, whether he likes it or not. Um, and I, and again, I am on the same page with her and her and Matt Gates in that um, I don't think McCarthy's tough enough. Um, and I would love to see Jim Jordan in that position. However, number one, he doesn't want it. Number two, he wants to be ahead of the Judiciary or the Oversight Committee or both. And, uh, and you've, and number three is he wants, you've got 200, 200 plus uh, Republicans that are on, that are behind, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Um, but they want, but they want concessions and, uh, Kevin McCarthy is, is, uh, agreeing to most all of them now. And, uh, you know what, what I don't understand is, you know, the Democrats stick together. They are unified. If you read my book, Experience Matters, Here's Mine, I talk about, Talk about the effect of bringing Magic Johnson onto the Lakers when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was was ready to retire, and all of a sudden they brought on Magic Johnson, and Magic Johnson's effect on the on the team of his 
of his uh, his high fiving and his attitude and let's come on, let's team, let's go. That Kareem Abdul Jabbar was able to uh, play another ten years in the and just because he sparked up a he sparked up the unity, the team, the team uh, team spirit. And you see that with the Democrats, you know, every time they're high fiving and they're and they're cheering each other on, and they're all voting for Hakeem Jeffries, who we can't have as Speaker of the House, and uh, and we can't have we can't have one the the uh, majority in the in the House of Representatives and put a Democrat in there, and you know, as people as people miss sessions, the the required the required uh, majority goes down and if the democrats stay there and the republicans take off that could happen and that's and that's the issue so and it's also important to remember mccarthy still has the support of some far right members that we love including marjorie taylor green of of georgia an outspoken one that was actually snubbed you know nancy pelosi took her off all her committee uh all of her committee uh, assignments uh 2 years ago because because she says what's on her mind, and I and I admire that. And uh, Dan Crenshaw, who's a, I think he's a former Navy SEAL. He's a he's a dadgum stud, and they and they pointed out that Bobert and other candidates owed Kevin McCarthy for helping them win the reelection. Some of the reasons that these people have for not voting for McCarthy are unbelievably petty. Unbelievably petty. This is about showmanship. This is about notoriety. It has nothing to do with the conservative agenda. Lauren Boebert, under $2 million from Kevin McCarthy to get elected. Many more people have taken Kevin McCarthy's money to get elected, and then there's a few of them that don't want to support him as speaker. So Kevin McCarthy's in there supporting the Republicans during the re-election, and uh, unlike uh, the turtle in the Senate, who didn't support the Republicans and we didn't get the Senate. So I give, I give Kevin McCarthy some credit for that. And I give Kevin McCarthy credit for, um, he understands the system. He understands the politics of what, what I don't understand. And I give him credit for that. Although I wish he was tougher and maybe, uh, maybe this experience will make him tougher because he realizes there's a, there's a, a chunk of chunk of his party that wants him to be tougher. On Wednesday, nominations came to the floor again, and we saw introduction of yet another candidate. Lauren Boebert, the morning after she said Jim Jordan was the, going to be the speaker, whether he liked it or not, followed, followed Chip Roy in bringing to the floor a nomination for someone who's been in Congress for all of two years, the aforementioned Byron Donalds. For what purpose does a gentlewoman from Colorado rise? I rise to nominate Congressman Byron Donalds. The gentlewoman is recognized. I rise today to nominate... Byron Donalds, my friend, an amazing man of Florida, an amazing leader. He's a man who understands what tough times look like and has come out of those tough times even stronger. Yeah, well, uh, you know, just let's just throw a name at it. It's just wasting time. Um, and of course, who is Byron Donalds? We don't even, most of us have never even heard of him. He describes himself as a Trump-supporting, gun-owning, liberty-loving, pro-life, politically incorrect black man. Eh, all that stuff makes him probably someone I'd like if I knew who he was. He's great, but he's not exactly ready to be speaker. And yet, in vote five, Jeffries, still again at 212, Democrats sticking together. McCarthy was still at 201. And Donalds, who just 24 hours earlier was voting for Kevin McCarthy, replaced Jim Jordan as the Rebels' new candidate, getting 20 votes. Then, with very little time in between, vote number six, same result. 
at 2 p.m., you know, so they say uh, uh, insanity is when you keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result. So, you know, you do uh, you do vote number five. You don't do anything to change anything to move it, and vote number six comes out exactly the same. At 2 p.m., they moved to adjourn for three hours, and then they reconvened at 5 p.m. to move to adjourn until Thursday. Talk about wasting time. Let's adjourn for, for three hours, and then three hours later, okay, let's adjourn for till tomorrow. Um, what a waste. So this is not necessarily about who's pro-Trump and who's anti-Trump. Remember, Kevin McCarthy went to Mar-a-Lago and has remained a Trump supporter, probably for the purpose of avoiding something like this. Reportedly, Trump reportedly Trump called McCarthy on Tuesday night, and then he posted this on Truth Social. Some really good conversations took place last night, and now it's time for all of our great Republican House members to vote for Kevin, close the deal, take the victory, and watch crazy Nancy Pelosi fly back to a very broken California. And those of us in California know how broken California is. The only speaker in U.S. history to have lost the House, twice. Republicans do not turn a great triumph into a giant and embarrassing defeat. It's time to celebrate. You deserve it. Kevin McCarthy will do a good job and maybe even a great job. Just watch. Lauren Boebert chimed in on Trump's intervention. Let's stop with the campaign smears and tactics to get people to turn against us. Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off. I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. With that, I yield. Thank you. Yes, I admire her passion, but she's not doing anything to turn it around. You know, if I was in there and I had that much passion against Kevin McCarthy, I'd be trying to to get a candidate who wants it, a candidate who could possibly do it, a candidate who possibly might get some some uh, support and try to move more of the Republicans to support the new the new candidate. She's not doing that. She's trying to have her her time in the in the spotlight and make her uh, make her speeches. And of course, she's uh, doing the the talk show. She was on Hannity the other night and just repeating her her same thing. Hey, McCarthy's not going to get the vote, so we need to do something. Yeah, but and Hannity's going. Yeah, but he's got two hundred votes. You've got twenty. How does that make sense? And again. If I was in Bobert's shoes, I'd be trying to peel off some of those 200 to see if it was possible. But it's not possible, and eventually people are going to have to start going home, going home, and we're gonna we're gonna get a smaller majority needed, and and the Democrats will stay in there just to make us look stupid. And I think we're looking stupid in the in the in the process. So uh, Bobert and Gates are demanding a single member motion to vacate, which seems unreasonable to me. But that's how it always was until Pelosi got in there. So what does that mean? It means that uh, they want Kevin McCarthy to agree to change the rules so that if the rebels vote him in, they can vote to have him fired as speaker with a single motion on the floor at any time. So currently the rules call for a majority of the party bringing the motion to call to call for it, which means that if there's 220 uh, people in the party, that they need to have at least 110 of them to, uh, to vote to bring a motion to... Uh, to have it voted on to remove the speaker. Uh, it's true that Nancy Pelosi introduced that change in 2019 to protect herself, and it would seem that that it, it's a solid rule any speaker would want to have in place. But until 2019, 
that was the rule. And of course, that one person can bring it to a vote. They can go on there and say, hey, I want to vote to remove Kevin McCarthy. But you still have to have the majority of the Congress vote for that, which is unlikely unless they're really something that's that's going wrong there. And typically by, by that time, the speaker knows that he needs to resign uh, in that case or she. But of course, uh, Nancy Pelosi never uh, never got to that point. She always had her her Democrats behind her 100 percent. Um, but that was before the other things that the, that the holdouts are, are looking for is they want, uh, more freedom caucus members on the house rules committee. They want, they want, uh, him to promise to hold votes on term limits, which I'm all for, because I think, uh, there need to be term limits because these people that have been in there for, for years and years and years, our Congress needs to be, uh, freshened up more often than it is and, uh, promise to hold vote on border security bills. So, those are the things I don't see any anything that's that terrible. And at this point, Kevin McCarthy has agreed to all of them. Okay, so there's very little shift in the votes seven through ten on Thursday, and then on Thursday evening, presumably as a tactic to get Kevin McCarthy to either stop the negotiations or step aside, Matt Gates officially nominated nominated Donald Trump for House Speaker. For what purpose does the gentleman from Florida rise? To place a name and nomination for the position of Speaker of the House. The gentleman is recognized. My friends, when Donald Trump was president, taxes were cut, regulations were slashed, energy was abundant, wages were rising, capital was returning from overseas to fund the dreams and ambitions of our fellow Americans, and the economy was roaring. And so I rise to nominate Donald Trump for the position of Speaker of the House. We also have to restore to the Speaker's office an actual person that ought to be in the Speaker's office, not the squatter who is currently there. And if the architect of the Capitol is listening, I sent a letter and I would like to know what the basis is to allow somebody to occupy the Speaker's office who comes in second place 10 straight times. Is there like some basis in law or rule or precedent for that? And so I nominate President Trump because we must make our country great again, and he can start by making the House of Representatives great again. Yeah, well, I think this is a publicity stunt. Um, I don't think it's realistic for Trump to be Speaker of the House. Now, if, if we had gotten the Senate, if we had taken over the Senate, there would be a strategy where, whereby you put Donald Trump in there and then, then they have the House and the Senate to go forward and impeach Biden and impeach uh, Kamala Harris, and Trump would slide into the president's spot. But we didn't get the Senate. So that seems foolish to me because Trump's running for president, and he wouldn't be there much because he needs to go do what Trump does to run for president. And while a lot of you out there are thinking, hey, we, we don't need Trump anymore, we need Ron DeSantis, I think we need Trump in there for four more years. Although I love Ron DeSantis, you know Ron DeSantis is like 44 years old and he's got little kids, and I just think that um, Ron DeSantis needs to finish his governorship, and then he needs to start running uh, in the last two years of Trump's next term, assuming that that happens. And again, I don't get I don't get to make these decisions, but I'm hoping that I can influence enough people that they'll they'll be thinking like I do. But that's what I think. I think uh, I think we need a huge 180 turn in this country because we're on the wrong track in so many different ways uh, that uh, Jim Jordan spoke about in the first half of the show. And I think uh, Trump going in there with one term 
He doesn't have the opportunity to run run for another term, and I don't think he'd want it anyway. That uh, he'd go in there and and make changes that no one else would have the guts to do, and uh, and I think we saw by what he did in his first term that he was making decisions based on what's best for America, not what's best for him. And we should say, hey, we we saw what he did. Let's let him do it again, and let's give him support this time for the whole four years. Um, and yet another candidate, uh, yet another candidate was brought in. Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma, because somebody probably convinced Byron Donalds to get back on McCarthy's side to help end this. Uh, so Kevin Hearn of, of Oklahoma was brought in. And as we can see, Trump got one vote from Matt Gates, and that's all he did. So in, the, in vote number 11, uh, McCarthy got 200. Uh, Byron Donalds got 12. Uh, Kevin Hearn got seven. And uh, Hakeem Jeffries... 212, and then one Republican voted present. So that's what happened up through Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday night. So something happened Thursday night, and over overnight, apparently, the Republicans, Republicans got together. And they must have had some kind of a come-to-Jesus meeting with uh, the 20 people that are holdouts. And Friday morning started fresh. And Kevin Jeffries says, hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make some big moves uh, today I'm confident we're gonna we're gonna move that rock up the hill rock rock up the hill a little bit, and in the first vote of Friday morning, um, it came out with uh, set or 14 of the 20 uh, went away from being holdouts to voting for Kevin McCarthy. Uh, the people that that changed that changed their position was Bishop, uh, Burkeen, Cloud, Clyde, Donalds, Luna, uh, Mary Miller. Uh, Norman, Perry, Chip Roy, Keith Self, uh, Paul Gosar, and Ogles—they all switched to voting for Republican for uh, Kevin Kevin McCarthy. And if you listen to it, every time one of the holdouts voted for Kevin McCarthy, there's big big applause. And uh, and so I was I was driving to the radio station at the time, and I'm listening, and I'm not watching it on the TV because I'm driving, and every time I was just counting how many, how many big cheers they had um, to say, okay, well, we need, we need to get like 16 of them to make this thing work, and uh, it was 14 by, by the end of the vote. So uh, 213, 213 for McCarthy, 211 for, for uh, Hakeem Jeffries, and seven holdouts that voted for back to Jim Jordan. So that was, if you add those up, we had 431, so there was one less. Uh, so there's 430, 431, which would have meant the threshold to get would have been 216, so we were three away. Later that morning, we voted again on the, on the 13th one, and uh, somebody came back which brought it to 432. Uh, someone, that ha- someone uh, one of the Democrats that was had surgery, Came in and uh, of course he's uh, sporting his uh, his he said his uh, hospital booties, um, but he came back in. So Jeffries was back up to two twelve, and somebody else moved to uh, McCarthy's uh, that got to two fourteen, and there were six holdouts. So that was uh, four hundred thirty two back up to two hundred seventeen. So there's two Republicans that haven't been there. One of them is uh, Wesley Hunt of Texas and Ken Buck of Colorado. I'm not sure why why they're uh, 
why they weren't there on Friday. But had they been there, that would have brought up to 434, and that would have brought uh, Kevin Kevin McCarthy up to uh, 216, which still would have been too short, too short. So we need to move. We need to move a few, a couple more uh, Republicans to voting for Kevin McCarthy to end this. And I'm just concerned that um, I'm just concerned that the longer we hold out, the longer we hold out the more people will drop off, but the Democrats will stay there and accidentally they'll get uh, Hakeem Jeffries in. So, um, and they talked to the reporters talked to the, the 14 that, that switched on Friday morning. And they said the, the biggest, the biggest thing that moved them was we can't have a Democrat speaker for our, our Republican majority. So that was the big things they're, they're thinking basically like me that they can't accidentally just lose this. So as of the time I'm recording, uh, they have they have voted to adjourn till 10 o'clock Friday night, 10 o'clock Friday night, which is seven o'clock our time. So by the time you by the time you hear this on the radio, you, we might we might have a speaker of the house and uh, maybe it gets adjourned for over the weekend. But they've got uh, basically six hours, six hours to try and turn over a few more. So depending on where uh, where Joe Buck and uh, Wesley Hunt are, um, as to how many they exactly need, but they need at least at least three uh, three of those six Republicans to to go on to McCarthy's side. And again, I understand everybody's everybody's uh, position, but there are things worse than putting Kevin McCarthy as a speaker, and you, he's got so much. It's it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Just needs to stop making a spectacle. And of course, uh, they ask uh, Joe Biden what he thought of it. He says, "Well, it's not a good look. It's not a good look for us to have this going on in in the House. The Republicans are making us look bad." And I said, "Hey, you know what? For having you living in the White House makes us look bad to to countries all to everybody across the across, across the globe because we have a we have a, a president who can't answer a question, who can't." put a coherent sentence together and you know he has to he has to be told when to stand up and when to put his hand hand on his lap and when you know what to do and you know oh that's the point at which you smile and and giggle you know and it, we've seen all these little note cards that what he what he ha, what what he has to be done what has to be done uh for him cuz he just can't think coherently can't think on his feet like we saw uh Donald Trump He'd go out. He'd be walking through somewhere, and a reporter would would uh, grab him and ask him a question, and he'd answer it. He'd answer it on the fly. And, and if he didn't have, and if he didn't want to talk about it, he'd say, "Hey, I'm not going to talk about that today." And it wasn't because nobody told me what to say. I'm just not going to talk about it. So that's where we are. That's where we are in the in the quest for a Speaker of the House. So um, I got a couple minutes left. So let me talk about. Let me talk about what happened Friday morning. Uh, we got a jobs report out and said we created there was 223,000 new uh, new jobs uh, in the economy created in in uh, in December of 22. And um, let me point out some things on that. Uh, and we saw the unemployment rate drop down to three and a half, which looks really good. Problem is, is that the 223,000 uh, new jobs that were created were part-time jobs. Every single one of them. The the full-time jobs full-time jobs were were flat, no jobs created. And hey, you know what? Uh, Two hundred twenty-three thousand people said, "Hey, if I don't have a little extra income, little extra income, I'm not going to have a Christmas." And they took part-time jobs, which happens 
every December because all the retailers uh, ramp up their their uh, their their staff to handle all the people shopping, and and what it shows what it shows is the inevitable. So don't listen to what uh, the Democrats say or what Janet Yellen say about the economy. People are starting to figure out, hey, my savings are gone. I'm almost to limit on my credit cards and I got to do something because reality is hitting me. And, uh, and that's, that's the reality of what's going on. This will, uh, this will start to be, uh, obvious to everything. And it'll, and it'll, and it'll, at some point it's going to force the Democrats into admitting that we're in a recession. And at that point we'll see the fed start to, uh, uh, consider dropping the rates. And, uh, so those of you that are that are buying houses and you're buying at high rates or you're, or you're refinancing because you really have to, you don't have any choice and you're taking these high rates. Uh, you know, maybe a year from now you'll be uh, calling us back to refinance. So anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. So, uh, stay tuned to what's going on and stay tuned to the, listen to the main event. So I'll tell you uh, what my opinion is on it. So anyway, uh, have a great weekend. My name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back again with you next week. <laughs>